Welcome to the Clary Podcast, a division of Aaron Clary, LLC, brought to you by AssholeConsulting.com, Aaron Clary, Chairman and CEO. Your host, Captain Capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Greetings and salutations, this is the Clary Podcast. It's uh, New Year's, New Year's Day, Happy New Year's, and uh, it is not my birthday. I uh, just want to let everybody know it is not my birthday, the Facebook uh exploded with all these happy birthday clary happy birthday and uh i I, instead of and this happens every year i have to go and say it's not my birthday the only reason i say and it may shock you my birthday is not january 1st 1947 uh much as i do like the world war ii era or post world war ii era uh that i was not born in 1947 i do that to uh one remember the fake um birthday because it's simple january 1st i don't know why 1947 but uh it's for id thieves in case someone hacks my facebook account and say oh his birthday you know so uh, one of the friends who are the fake friends that come in they say oh look his birthday is january 1st 1947 and so that way i uh they, they get the wrong birthday that's not my real birthday um but and man i don't know what the hell's happening but those I talked to a couple other guys on Facebook, friends who have Facebook accounts, and I'm like, are you guys getting an inordinate amount of these fake uh, female friend requests? And they're all gorgeous, they're all beautiful, you know, it's they're not even trying anymore. It, I mean, Ahmed or Punjab or whatever, whatever second or third world shit, uh, crap hole they're coming from, uh, they're not even trying anymore. It's It's an outstandingly beautiful woman. They're obviously a professionally taken picture. They've obviously pilfered these pictures from the internet. And there's three names. And they're always different exotic names. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one guy. I bet you it's just one guy who is doing this, getting paid a ton of money, either from Facebook directly or somebody to constantly sign up new people, new friends on Facebook. And uh, now I'm getting about four or five of those a day. I, honestly, four or five a day. Before I was, yeah, you know, one a week. And you're kind of like, eh, you're like, at first, oh, hey, who's this? Am I really that popular? Is the Clary podcast really that good? Do women really like my incited voices? And are they all beautiful? And even then, you kind of like, this looks fishy. And then you find out, you learn how to do an image search. And sure enough, uh, it's just some fat hacker troll on the other side. So in case one of those or two of those got through, and they say, ah, now we know. Aaron Clary's birth date, and they try and whatever, get your bank account or get your credit card or whatever. Uh, they provide the wrong birth date. And uh, then the person on there says, Hey, Aaron Clary wasn't born in 1947. Something's fishy here. Although what else is fishy? And I, maybe, maybe you recognize this, maybe you don't, but me being the online internet celebrity that I am, uh, joking set aside what i have noticed it's almost like there's this perma inflation uh with followers and so let's let's put that and this is this is what caught my eye with it 
Traffic is the new currency. Clicks are the new currency. That's how you get advertising dollars in. That's how you make sales. Uh, it really is the new medium, and by which I don't mean media medium. It is the new currency medium that is rapidly solidifying or crystallizing itself into an actual currency. So try This is why I, and, and I being an economic genius that I am, recognize this. I say, let's barter traffic because it's like currency. Oh, no. Although all the all the up and coming all the internet internet micro internet celebrities like myself no I need to charge no why would we whoa we want to tax this let's take let's take this internet traffic medium let's take this new currency and translate it into dollars and now that we've had a, a transaction that makes it taxable now we have a taxable transit beforehand it was all under the table now no we want to pay those for our freaking taxes. Uh, but so it is. It is taking on aspects, traits of an actual currency. It is actually becoming economic, and economic production is coming from this. And and we're literally just taking all the advertising away from mainstream media, television, and movies. And now it's through social media, democratized micro shows. You know, grade A, under A. I don't know if any of you guys watch him. He's on YouTube. God, is that funny? Uh, everyone's got their own Microsoft. That's where the money is going. Google and Facebook and all that. They're the new advertisers. So there's there's actual intrinsic value to this traffic. And I'm wondering if the guardians or the main players, the oligopolists within this new internet age, Facebook, Google via YouTube, uh, Twitter, they, they're inflating. They're inflating the number of followers you have artificially, just like the Federal Reserve inflates a currency to whittle away at the national debt, to whittle away at government liabilities. Uh, also, the Federal Reserve always has a you always, it's a very simple and innocent question people always have is, well, why, do we, why does the Fed target 1.5% to 2 or 3% interest uh, inflation? Wouldn't the Fed want to target 0%? Why would we have inflation at all? Well, the truth is that, one, they want to whittle away over time at the national debt. Uh, the other thing is they want you to go and invest your money. Uh, so you, say, well, you can't let it sit in the bank account, otherwise inflation will eat away at it. And so that prompts people to invest in other things and helps the economy grow. I would say more of a libertarian, Austrian, forget economic philosopher, if you're just somebody who likes freedom and get the hell out of my business, that's not where your nose belongs. You say, no, your job is to keep the currency stable and we will determine without undue and uncalled for government intervention to provide us an incentive. Oh, we better invest. We better invest. No, no, no. You guys stay the hell out of the financial markets. You stay out of the interest rates. You leave, you leave the currency stable and we will determine in stable currency dollars whether or not an investment is worthwhile. We're not going to be for, oh, I better go lend it out. I better go invest it. And then all of a sudden you create bubbles. Anyway, I don't, it's not perfectly analogous. But since traffic is the new currency and advertisers want to see subscribers and likes before they start advertising with you, I, su- I suppose, I subscribe, I theorize, this isn't an accusation yet, I'm just noticing some phenomena going on here, and this is just a hypothesis I have. I suspect that Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, 
have an incentive to artificially and incrementally inflate your fears. Like, for, and this is what what tipped me off is like, okay, I get a decent following on the YouTubes. We broke. I think I just broke through twenty eight thousand subscribers. And what every day, every day I would look on the internet. And I'm not that big of a guy on the internet. Obviously, we have our nice little cozy cove of uh, brothers. Uh, it's family here at Cappy World. Uh, I'm not out there trying to make... I'd rather have a group of a thousand loyal followers who actually buy my stuff than the, you know, the lacy greens of the world or the amazing atheists of the world who have millions of subscribers, but then you know, 0.0001% actually follow. Or a lot of them don't. They just tune in to see the bleep show. Uh, but neither here nor there, I, I do notice, <clears throat> given my relative size on the internet, small size, why am I getting five, eight, sometimes ten new subscribers every day? Every day. Like, I'll go days, you know, perfect example is this past Christmas vacation. This entire week has been a waste for all of us. We don't know if it's Tuesday or Friday. We don't know if it's a weekend or weekday. We don't know if it's vacation or not. Nobody had any clue what's going on this past week. It's very weird. And I didn't really put together all that many videos. But whether I put together videos or not, great ones or not, nothing or not, I would always get that same 5 to 8 to 10 new subscribers every week. And it seemed too consistent, too regular, too methodical, too algorithmic, for me to say that's natural, that's me getting new, those aren't legitimate. Those are, and you see it with all these fake Facebook friends. And I'm wondering if Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, and Twitter, I got, oh, there's always a slight ever, ever increasing, ever incrementalizing uh, uh, increase in my Twitter followers. It seems too fabricated. It seems too precise. It seems too mathematic. It's, it's like someone programmed, I literally believe, someone programmed a computer, people are out there, or a software, people are out there creating fake profiles, and not necessarily the hackers or the, or the trolls. I'm wondering if it isn't actually these companies themselves or the outsource to some uh, click farm in Pakistan. Say, in addition to being a click farm, we want you to set up fake profiles to start following people so that you think your cachet is growing. So that when advertisers go and look at you, they say, whoa. Aaron Cleary has 28,000 subscribers. Whoa! He's got whatever I got on Twitter, 4,500 Twitter followers. Yeah, but how many of those are legitimate is what I'm concerned about. But it's, it's kind of a... The only person that loses is the advertisers. I certainly benefit because now more advertisers want to advertise on whatever social media platform I have. The Twitter, the Googs, the Ubes, whatever. The Pubes. Pube tube, there, that's... <laughs> so I benefit from it. I get more advertising dollars. Facebook and Google and Twitter, they get more advertising dollars. But who gets screwed is the advertisers who they think they're, they're advertising to 28,000 viewers on my YouTube or they're, they're advertising to 4,500 Twitter followers, when in reality they're not. Because they once again, like the Federal Reserve, they they've increased the they have inflation. They have the set incremental inflation. This incrementalism of followers and subscribers. They're always pumping new money, new currency into the economy, and and very much like printing off money devalues the current money that's in circulation. Having new fake subscribers or followers or Twitterers or whatever it is 
undermines and dilutes the value of your real ones. There, w- there was some website. Hang on, let me see if I can't find it. Someone was telling me about. You could find out. There's some website that will find out. Hang on, I gotta get my website first. I gotta get the Twitter. Hang on, guys, just bear with me. Copy link location. Okay, so I've, if I get my website, my Twitter site, twitter.com, what is it? Hang on, let's paste it in here. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can. It's twitter.com slash Aaron underscore Clary. Not Clary, not Clarney, not Clancy. Clary, C-L-A-R-E-Y. Um, so there's a site that will calculate what percentage of your Twitter followers are legitimate. Twitter followers. Yeah, look at this. Twitter followers cheap. Twitter followers instantly. That opens up a whole other thing where you go hire these these fake companies. Well, they're real companies, but they get you fake Twitter followers. Oh, my gosh. She's got 100,000 followers. Twitter followers. Twitter followers site test. Uh, how many followers are we at? Twitteraudit.com. Okay, here we go. Let's take a look. Let's see how many. Twitter screen name. At Aaron underscore Clary. Let me take a look. Audit. Okay, I guess 88% of my followers are real. 564 are fake. Audited four months ago. Five months. Let's re-audit. Let's see what happens here. No, I don't want to send it. God damn, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. They want you to set up an account. No, I'm not going to. All right, so I guess I'm a little bit more on the up and up. I guess I'm real. I guess I'm legitimate. Uh, Fake. Quality score per follower. Well, they got all these different statistics. How cl- how Twitter auditor sees Clary. Fake, real, quality have this quality score. Percent of Aaron Cleary's followers that have this score. Real points per follower. How the heck if I know what these metrics are? It, it, it's just fishy. It's just fishy. This is the newest and fastest growing part of the economy. If we didn't have this, the economy wouldn't be growing at all. It saved Gen X and the millennial generations by giving us actually a shot to take our production, our capacities, our abilities, and sell it directly to the market. And so I think because this is where there is any real growing in the economy, uh, every charlatan, every every uh, huckster out there has every incentive to fidget with the numbers and make things look a lot better than they really are, at least of all the people providing it. All right, we're going to get I didn't really want to do a podcast today, but it's been a while since I did a curse-free and it's New Year's Eve day. And I got to go hang out with the nieces. Got to go hang out with my nieces. Make sure those girls grow up right. Have the clary skills of hatred, cynicism, pessimism, and misanthropy. Uh, this is from, short one from David. David writes, I'm 62 years old. I have found I have not found one bleeping thing in your book that was not true. Bravo. By the way, my 31-year-old son bought the book for me. Uh, that's from David. What which book was? It? Oh, Curse of the High IQ. Yes. Well, thank you very much, David. I appreciate it. Um, this one is lengthy. Uh, this comes from Bacon. Bacon writes, 
Hey there, Aaron. I hope this finds you well. I know this is your business email, and I apologize if it's problematic. Yeah, if you're going to send me fan mail, so go to CapiCap, go to CapitalCapitalism.blogspot.com. Don't go to the asshole consulting. I mean, you could do it, but it's just, it, and I got to delete it, and I got to print it. It's just, it's not even a pain in the ass. I just like to keep things separate. Uh, I only do so because it's the only way I know to get through to you. I, like I imagine, many of you are new followers over the past few years. Heard of you through your advertisements on the Tom Likas show. Absolutely, St. Likas, guys. Go to blowmeuptom.com. Man is older and wiser, and he is a blessing. He is a blessing to all you young boys. When I was a young boy, he was a blessing. That's how old Tom is. (laughs) I remember hearing them for the better part of a year and then getting a gift card for Amazon that Christmas that I used to get a couple of your books. They were the your, your earlier ones, Worthless and Batch of Pad Economics. To be honest, Worthless was simply a confirmation of what I believed already, albeit written in a very thorough and entertaining way. The latter book was quite opening, in particular the parts that you equate looking at everything as you would in the capitalist matrix of monetary value and that the unavoidable fact that we are going to die. Yeah, I don't know why... If people woke up every day and said, I'm going to die... Oh my God! And boy, did we talk about death over, over these holiday seasons. My mom comes in. I saw my grandma, who thank the Lord is still alive, and all we did was talk about people's deaths. Everybody's dying. Uh, someone who's close to me, uh, his father's on the deathbed or potentially on the deathbed. Um, I, I know another lady through other people who had a four-inch um, tumor removed from a brain. Uh, then we talked about early deaths. Another colleague of mine has stage four stomach cancer and is my age. It's absolutely horrible. I mean, and, and it was getting depressing. And even me, who was already, I'm already stewed. I'm, I'm comfortable in the, the glass is half empty. The world's going to, to uh, hell in a handbasket. But even I was like, okay, guys, we, we got to stop talking about death. We, we really have to stop talking about death. Um, but... But it does play a vital role because it is the ultimate economic lesson everybody needs to learn. You have the only resource you got on this planet, oh, be you Bill Gates or that recent Syrian refugee who just stepped off the boat who's going to rape a couple women. Uh, they both, the only resource they have is time. Now, Bill Gates went and made billions of dollars with it. Your uh, recent refugee or your, um, uh, your, your ISIS infiltrator into the United States homeland is going to spend his or her time blowing people up or raping people. Uh, you know, it, you get to spend your time how you choose. We're free. To, I'm very libertarian. If our country is stupid enough to come on in, blow people up, what do I care? I'm a misanthrope, and I've already lived my life like I'm going to die, which I have. And if you all do that... You don't even have to read my books. If you, everything stems from that. Everything stems from time. And I, I, one of the many books I want to write is based on time and, and putting everything in terms of time, uh, which we technically do through money, uh, but that introduces wages. But uh, neither here nor there. If you forget God, forget Jesus, forget your religion, Forget you SJWs waking up and, and, and even though you have no point and purpose in your life, you are truly a worthless human. Forget going online and sticking it to the patriarchy or doing whatever virtue saying. You are going to die. Every, right now, every, let's, try, let's practice today, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? When, you, when you're done listening to this podcast, because this is the best use of your time right now, but once you're done listening to this, you're going to go do something that you want to get done before you die. 
So that way, if you get hit by a truck tomorrow, you say, my God, you're lying there, your spleen's over there, your intestines are over on the other side. My God, thank God I went and got that cupcake at that cupcake store I always wanted to go to for three years but never got around doing because I can always go that. No, you will go to the cupcake store and you will get the cupcake. Oh, there's that cute redhead over at the coffee shop I wanted to ask out, but I haven't come up with, all right, sit your ass down, come up with a cool one-liner. Uh, the hell you doing? It's always a good one. Make some laugh. And go ask that girl out. If there's, I don't know, whatever it is, cynical libertarian. No, not cynical libertarian. Cynic, Seneca, cynic in chief. God, I keep Seneca chief because of the Indians. Cynic in chief. He went and drove around and hit all the, uh, all the, uh, amusement parks. Uh, but he's a little bit to the right of, on the bell distribution curve of intelligence. That's what you get. You're going to die tomorrow. Listen to the song by William Shatner called You'll Have Time. Yes, William Shatner sings songs. He actually, well, he's, he reads songs is what he really does. But that doesn't mean they're not good. So let's all get on that. We're going to die bandwagon and start living like it. Uh, bah, 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 bah. From there, the next time I heard you heard of you was Tom mentioning you might be a Trump supporter in passing. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I think like many people, it was like he's not Hillary. Um, and I won't lie. I mean, I was, I, Ben Carson was my guy. Cause I know, what do I know? We want the brain surgeon. Why would we want a fucking brain surgeon as president? Who wants that? We don't want a brain surgeon. Hell no. And we certainly wouldn't want a black man who's ran the entire socioeconomic caste system, who started off in piss poor poverty and then became one of the richest, most successful people being one of the most incredibly intelligent. We don't want that guy. Oh no. He would provide no insights, leadership, or win. Oh, all because he was timid. Jesus. Uh, where was I going? Oh, but yeah, so, but when Trump started, and then I think it was like two days before the Minnesota primary, Ben Carson dropped out. And I looked at it, I'm like, well, I'm sick and tired of the same old, same old. And I voted in the primary for Trump. And uh, he didn't take Minnesota in the primaries, but he obviously won the election. Uh, thank God, and, and even, and I was kind of like, eh, eh, and I'm like, you know what, it's better than Hillary, and it, at least it's going to be fun. So I have absolutely no hopes and expectations of Trump, none whatsoever. It really is kind of like wait and see, and I think that's a lot of, that's what a lot of people did uh, this past election, so, and Tom is interesting, like, He's one of the few guys who's... Now, don't don't quote me on this. But when I was listening, I was going through his archives, many, not many, but several years ago. Um, he is not necessarily Republican. I think he's apolitical. And he, uh, like him and Penn Jillette, uh, they, they take in all the information and all that. Now, it could be because of age differences, but you guys know my stance on Democrats. I'm like, you've got a long way to prove to me uh, what's going on. But Tom is not... One, he's no dummy. Two, he's very successful. Three, he's older and therefore wiser than me. And four, he does read the Wall Street Journal. He is an astute investor. He's acutely aware of finances. So this is, he's not just, you know, a lot of people always oh, just the guy on, on the radio uh, doing his shtick and, and uh, he's over there on the left coast, blah, blah, blah. No, in his private life, which he, which he, every once in a while he'll delve into it. He's like, you invest in property, you have your 401k, uh, you don't buy stupid trinkets. He, he has a financial mind. So he's one of the few that I would listen to 
and say, okay, what do you what do you got that I'm missing? What's going on here? What am I missing? Or why are you on this side? But anyway, the politics aside, um, yeah, he I'm kind of a, a, a Trump guy in passing, but you know, the next hundred days is gonna prove whether I'm like even bothering tuning into the news anymore, or it's just like, nope. I'll update enjoy the decline because Trump does something screwy. Uh, back then, I still had the programming that made me irrationally dismiss someone because of their beliefs, so I sought you out and found your YouTube page. From there, I found out your views on the matter, which made sense even though my own filters, even through my own filters. From your own feed, I ended up finding Stefan Molyneux, which broke that mosaic window of irrationality completely via his in-depth analysis of the untruths about the guy, among other things. Yeah, Molyneux, uh, we all like to pick on him, but everybody likes him. Uh, he is very literal, very empirical. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, 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 found some, you, found, you found some great guys, least of, of me. <laughs> you met, you got Tom, you got Stephen Molyneux, and then somewhere down there, there's me. So I'm, I'm glad you found these people. Uh, which broke the mosaic window of irrationality completely via his in-depth analysis and untruths about the among other things. But I would never have gotten to him, let alone been able to receive that kind of information had I not run across your page. I have nothing really to ask of you here. I simply want to give you my thanks for being who you are and putting yourself out there for us to find. Having your books to read when I wasn't sure I would have a home the next week gave me hope. And now that I am typing this on an expensive phablet, ooh, he's on a phablet, after having a dinner of double R prime New York strip steak. I have you as one of the voices in my head that kept me going to get to where I am today. All right, well, thank you very much, Bay. I appreciate it. This goes into the box, the memento box. It goes into the memento box right there. So, And if you want to send fan mail and tell me how great I am, which I always, actually, if you have hate mail, which, again, there has been a dearth of. I don't know where. We have not had a lot of hate mail. Not a lot of hate mail in a long time. I may even have to go into the comments section and go to YouTube and pull that up. Although I'm kind of, maybe I will. Maybe we'll troll a little bit. We'll we'll scrape the bottom of the barrel just to get a little bit of uh, flavor, a little bit of something different. But it's it, it, comments are so common. They're just they're they're not even a dime a dozen. They're a dime a gross. What does a comment section mean? It doesn't mean anything anymore. Everybody can make comments on the internet. Oh, look, everybody can write an article. There was some article. Hang on. Let me see if I can't find it. Here it is. I'm not, I'm not going to mention the guy's name because of my New Year's resolution, uh, of which you can read on my blog, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to no longer pay attention, heed, or credit. And the only reason I'm going to even cite this article or delve into it a little bit, I'm not going to delve into is to make my point. Uh, it's written by a, a whiny black millennial. And it's germane because he blames his recent firing on him being black and working in an office full of white people. It's on LinkedIn. I'm not even going to tell you the guy's name or anything about it. But this, this is the type of stuff I'm sick of. I'm sick of... T- and people, this makes news. It's got 37,000 views, 1,900 likes, 203 comments. Now, let me ask you this. Does, does this guy, does this article that he's about to write, which if you if you're stereotyping and figuring out when I say black whiny leftist millennial uh, writing post about how he was working in a group and that idea of what the article is going to be like that's 100% true that's exactly what the article is is like but let me ask you this how many wasted human hours went in okay so there's been 
37, 38,000 views. Let's just call that 40,000 views. It took, what, 10 minutes each to to read through that. So that's uh, 400,000 minutes of human labor. What can you do with, four, what is 400,000 units, uh, minutes? Is that almost a, a full work year? 400,000, one, two, three, divided by a 2,000 hour work year. How many work years is that? That's 200 years. Oh my God, it's even worse than I thought. Think about that. Think about this, okay? This whiny, worthless, millennial brat I'm really trying hard not to curse. And and race whore, by the way. Professional raceman. He's a social justice entrepreneur, speaker and author, strategist at something, and founder of Million Dollar Scholar and Bro Capital. Oh, Bro Capital? Do you get it? It's spelled the, the French way. B-R-E-A-U-X? Bro Capital? But because he's black, it also means Bro Capital? Do you get the double entendre? This kid must have gone to college. So then why is he complaining about getting laid off if he's found a founder at Million Dollar Scholar in Broke Capital? See? I, I just So this guy is an idiot. He wrote another typical whiny millennial piece about racisms and the, st- the, the discriminations and the things and the stuff. He's a fraud. He's a fake. He had no intention of going to work a real job with a social justice entrepreneur. Speaker and author of what? Yet another, like, I had this kid. Man, maybe he'll come through. I might have mentioned it before. This kid, he's 20. He's a sophomore in college. He's like, hey, I'm doing a podcast. He doesn't sound like that. It was email. But I'm just imagining this is what he'd like sound. Hey, man, I'm doing a podcast. And, and I'd like to, you know, be interviewed on your show. And I'm like, okay, all right, you're pretty freaking ballsy and arrogant. Thinking you're going to come on my show. Like, who the hell are you? But... You're pretty freaking ballsy. I'm like, okay, all right, I like that. Now you got some hustle. And he had four podcasts he did four days in a row. I'm like, you can't do that. You're not Tom Likas. This isn't your full-time gig. You're going to college. You're going to school. And on top of it, oh, he's going to talk about game. Again, oh, yes, okay. The the, the 19-year-old who read Return of Kings and talks in the Roosh V form and figures out some basics, he's just going to regurgitate that crap. And now he's an expert PUA pickup artist, uh, 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 whatever that dude's name with all the girls. Uh, he's some uh, Lothario now all of a sudden. And he's going to tell everybody how it's going to be. And I say, look, kid. No offense, but I'm sick and tired of these millennial idiots all starting some blog or YouTube or something like that. Uh, They post once a week, then it's once a month, and then it's once every two. And then, oh my God, I've been so busy. You want to see where this happens? Go go look at mommy blogs. Oh my God. I was doing some research for a Harlequin romance novel I was going to ghostwrite. And, uh, oh, that was painful. But but you guys don't stick with it. You're millennials. You're defined by your lack of hustle, your lack of hard work ethic, your lack of worth ethic, worth ethic, work ethic. And and then it's it's charlatanism. Ooh, social justice entrepreneur, speaker and author. Of what? what? What absolute world experience do you possibly have as a recent graduate millennial brat who can't hold down a job over at the Huffington Post? And then immediately, typically, how are you? you? You see, speakers and authors usually have some insight that nobody else has. They have this unique perspective that is not only unique, it just can't be diarrhea of the mouth. It can't be conspiracy theories. It has to be unique and true. Foreign concept. So TED Talks, you know, they do the research. I know many of you don't like TED Talks, perhaps. But you have to admit, they do go down paths 
Normally, humans have not gone down. They research and they report back their finding. Unique and original. Something that actually advances human intellectual thought. This guy, he's not unique. He's not special. He's common. And all it is is ego, bravado, arrogance, cockiness, and above all else, laziness that he dare calls himself a speaker and an author. What possible message, aside from the uh, adding another drop into the ocean of millennial leftist social justice warrior racism causes everything complaints, could he possibly add to the world of knowledge? You can't even call it knowledge. It's lies, propaganda, and indoctrination. What, 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 what relevancy and purpose, what value does he offer? None. None whatsoever. So there's the article. You know what? I'm not even going to read through it. Because it's it, it's what you expect. But this is what I'm talking about. 400, what was the math again? 400 or 200? 200 full-time years of human labor was wasted on this piece of crap kid. 200 years, well, maybe I should mention it, so maybe he might be ashamed. Darius L. Quarles. D-E-R-R-I-U-S L. Quarles. Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. All right? The only thing that's good that's going to come out of this is to shame this guy. All right? Tell him to become an engineer. Tell him to become STEM. Tell him to become a doctor. Tell him to go follow the route of Ben Carson. Tell him to stop bitching and whining about the color of his skin. Tell him to stop being such a whiny little... Uh, Curse-free podcast. <laughs> Crybaby. I, I, he's, been, he's been programmed. I might as well be talking to a robot because he hasn't had an original thought except for what he's been programmed and told to to be told. But but look at how much time this guy has sunk like a black hole. And the, the point of my New Year's resolution is not just for my own self, but I ask the question, okay, how much time do people on the right, people who are non-left, and people on the left too, we could, this is, because they spend, they're probably even more addicted to the internet political gossip that's happening on the interwebs. How many lives, time, labor, potential labor, opportunity costs are wasted because we read trash like this. When does the sensationalism, when does the novelty of, oh my gosh, another millennial has a complaint, when does it end? On the leftist side of the consumption, where Darius has wasted, Lord knows how many thousands of hours of leftists, is the self-commiseration, is the self-pity, is the crabs in the bucket, the woe is me, the constant self-rationalization as to whatever excuse the left is giving you now. Whitey's holding me down. It's the corporations. It's the system. Are we just still blaming George Bush? Right? They've wasted how many hours and days of their lives? How many, well, leftists waste four years in college minimum, eight if they get a doctorate, and then the rest of their lives trying to rationalize to themselves until they're dead as to why they pissed away their youth. And then on the right, how many of you are getting all angry and retweet, look at this idiot, look at that. How many of you made comments? That's my point. 2017 should not be same as it was 2016. Okay, where how many of you were addicted to the news cycle with Trump and Hillary? How many of you wasted your time? How many of you, and in the past when Obama was in office, how many of you let Obama lessen the quality of your life? I even And I'm guilty. This is why it's a New Year's resolution for me, not just me telling you guys what to do. This is something I'm going to do personally. I'd recommend maybe you guys consider and follow with. But I was down and depressed. 
I was not, and I feel bad because unknowingly I was making uh, people in my life, notably my girlfriend, wasn't fair to her while I'm all down and depressed. I started noticing when I'd read these angering articles, it could be Breitbart, it could be Fox, it could be CNN, uh, uh, just example after example of what could be in general, parasites wanting more of my money and destroying the United States and blaming white males for things and genuine racism and discrimination. And all it did, all it did was make me angry. Put me in a bad mood. Certainly it hasn't helped my life expectancy. And then has taken a toll on personal relationships. No. No. I'm not saying we stick our head in the mud and ignore this stuff. But I think we're fully aware, uh, especially given half the votes went to Hillary, a little bit more than half, as to the genuine hatred for people who are not leftists. The low quality and evil caliber a lot of these people are where they'll just blame everything on whites and males and i say whites and males because it is whites and males just because you're a black gentleman don't think they're not going to be coming after you i think you guys might know how much the black women in your community like a government check more than an actual real black man don't think you're not on the chopping block uh just the rank entitlement of the millennial generations the delusion the demands that bernie sanders forgive their student loans, just like we'd have to bail out the, the banks, we'd have to bail them out, but then they think somehow they're morally bad. There are there, there is definitely reason to keep tabs on this. But it's not like you constantly have the finger on the pulse or you're constantly going to the doctor's office to get your blood pressure checked. Just keep your tabs on it every once in a while. Is the world still going to hell in a handbasket? Yes, it all right, good, fine. I'm gonna go and enjoy the decline. I'm gonna go have fun. I'm gonna have sex with my beautiful wife. I'm going to go, oh, dang it, Curse Street Podcast, can't go crash there. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to have drinks with my buddies. I'm going to go run. I'm going to go hike. Come back in. Maybe check the headlines. Okay, are things still in hell in the head? They are? I don't even have to read that article. I don't have to read Darius here. Right? I just can assume, and you can, it's another whiny millennial minority kid blaming all the problems on the fact that the, the people that decided to copulate and have sex and, and result in him were not white. He's going to blame it on his parents' decisions to fivenicate uh, with uh, uh, non-white people. Nothing new, nothing that's going to advance the intellect, nothing that you could solve. Go on, and instead of pissing away 10 minutes reading this and another 10 minutes in the comm, some of you are wasting hours. I'm a political junkie. Junkie being the key word there. Yeah. Uh, Do something else. Spend time with your kids. Spend time with your nieces and nephews. Um, Go for a bike ride. A lot of people, you know, this is why I like the Beckloff podcast, even though I I disagree. The the podcasts I listen to the most are the ones I kind of disagree with the most. Um, But I, I like it because I know these guys were to sit down and have a conversation. They wouldn't be angry with me. Uh... But I like I I get away from politics. I'm done. No, I'm not done with politics. But I, I I'm getting away from because I do it all the time. That's kind of my job. I write enough about politics. I don't need it infil, uh, infiltrating and invading my free time. So I'll listen to the backlog, or maybe I'll listen to the the ranting, hate-filled tirades of cynical libertarian. Uh, I'll listen to the British History podcast. It's not 24/7 politics. And don't become one of these people. Look, anyone can do politics. It's not that hard. I think it's why it attracts a lot of uh, keyboard pundits, myself included. But after a while, it starts to affect your life. You say, hey, is this something that is now benefiting me? Have I gotten my fix? Am I done? 
or can I now go away or now has this become my life? Like for a lot of you, it has become your life. A lot of you guys are just politics, but it, it's, it provides you agency. You have nothing else to point to. Don't let that happen. It's why I, I kind of randomly talk about BS in the first half of the show. Sometimes that's all this show is, random BS. The Shed, how do you guys, huh? You don't get angry. You don't get your blood pressure worked up like you do listening to this whiny black millennial brat. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get angry as if you would read something from, oh, what was it? There's another article of some gal over in Australia. I link to all these in my, in my post, uh, Cappy, by the way. You're not going to get your blood pressure up about this feminist mom who, who ended up having a boy and really didn't want a boy, but oh my gosh, now she's realizing all the hatred that she advocated might negatively affect her son? Why? It's not like there's not going to be more stories like that. Not like you didn't know these people existed. So why, why bother with it? Would you rather listen to that or would you rather listen to, to me and my exploits about getting my shed built, huh? What makes you not angry? I'm not saying listening to the exploits and journey of me putting together my recording studio shed is uh, going to give me any awards. What is the awards? Is it the Marconi Award? I think that's the one for for radio. Although I wouldn't doubt if those, if those people say, well, you can't have podcasters because it's not radio. Will it be as outdated and as re- as relevant as the uh, as the Nobel Peace Prize? No, it won't matter anymore. Well, what do you want to hear? You want to hear about the adventures in the motorcycling? No one can tell me one story about motorcycling or hiking or adventuring uh, that made you upset. Tell me one thing where you're like you left that and your blood pressure was raised. You were angrier than when the story started. Ain't nobody was like, oh, that's kind of a nice story. That's all there is. That's all there is. I could tell, let me tell you, Tommy, all right, you guys go read through this article by the whiny black millennial brat, and then I'll tell you my story about, you can pause it here, I'll continue on to tell you the story about my nieces. I took Lucifer and Geronimo to downtown Minneapolis. Uh, the reason we went to downtown Minneapolis is because Dayton's, which is now Macy's, but started out as Dayton's, which the, was the originator of company for Target Corporation, which is what you guys all know. So you all know Dayton's and Macy's, uh, but it originated as Dayton's. Uh, so the, it was downtown, and it, it, that had been in downtown Minneapolis because it started here, oh, probably 100 years around that. Certainly, well, let's look it up. Let's look up Dayton's Corporation. I just want to be... See you, Darius. We don't need to see you. Uh, Dayton Corporation. How long did that... Dayton's Wikipedia, <clears throat> 1902. Okay, 1902. So it has been around for more than 100 years. So downtown Minneapolis for over 100 years, 115 years, was this department store right on the main drag in Nicollet Mall, Nicollet Avenue. And I don't know, probably ever since then, they had Santa Land. And it was a, it's a 13-story building, I believe, and you could get in, you, they'd have Santa Land, and they'd make the elves, and there'd be things, and ornaments, and Christmas trees. It was just a magical wonderland, especially if you're a little kid, and you think Santa exists. And so, they're very smart, because this became very popular. And what they did is they would convert some of their offices. So the, the department store itself, where they sell the wares, is maybe takes up only the first five floors. 
The rest would be warehouse storage and offices. Uh, but what they would do is they would then, because there'd be such a line, they would wind you through the floors, but they would have Santa Land basically design and ornating, decorating the path that you would take to go up and inevitably see Santa. So you were, even though you were in a line, you didn't realize that it was very entertaining of a line. And I remember 1978, I remember this, I was three years old, and we were going to go see Santa. And I don't even remember Santa, but I do remember winding through the hallways and going up the escalators and going through Santa Land and Elf World. And then you got to where all the elves workshop and uh, all. It was just wonderful. Very nice. Well, it turns out in part because uh, white flight, in part because leftist politics, in part because of poor city planning, in part because of internet purchases, and in part because, well, related to white flight, you should just say capital flight because it's it's now people with money, regardless of race, has moved out. And they're so far moved out that there are malls in the suburbs now that have Dayton's and Nordstrom's that there's no reason to drive all the way to Minneapolis. And I would say, above all else, parking. Parking is another reason cities. I'd say that, that trumps them all. That would be the pluralistic reason why no one is going downtown anymore. So because of this cacophony of reasons, uh, downtown Dayton's, this flagship, Macy's now, uh, for the like in the hundred and whatever year history, it looks like this was the last year and they're going to shut it down. All right. Uh, so I was like, holy cow! I kind of that was one of my favorite childhood memories. Uh, we better go grab the nieces while they're young and drag them through it. Now uh, Lucifer is uh, not even yet three; she's two and eleven twelfths. And then Geronimo, Geronimo just came fresh out of the chute. She she don't know what's going on. She's she's like maybe two months old now, and she just kind of looks and always cries when I pick her up. I don't know what, I don't hold her the right way. Everyone's like, she likes to lean over. I'm like, so I'm holding her, and then she kind of not cries, but then, eh, eh, and never cries. Always, always fussy, always fidgeting. Can't just sit still and smile and be quiet. I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? And they don't speak English. So, uh, but I got Lucifer and Geronimo, and then the parents came with, and we're going through Santa Land, and uh, oh man, good old Lucy, she—it's it, great because then we get—we finally get to see Santa, and she does the picture, the take of the picture. Okay, look at the can, and she's not crying. We're all worried. Okay, you're gonna cry. She's sticking her tongue out with Santa. It's great. I was like, holy cow! And we we got we got cookies, and then um, and my gosh, you want to talk about? I, I I tried not to get angry. I tried not to get angry. But it took about two and a half hours to go through this whole thing. And I'm watching people with their kids. And I'm not a parent. But I'm a logician. I'm a logistics guy. I look, I see. People don't pay attention. Kids are running around, grabbing your kid, not paying. You're on your phone. The elevator opens up. You sit in there. It makes complete sense. Why traffic is getting worse, even though we technically have added a little bit more roads. It, <clears throat> people are not paying attention. They just have no hustle. Anyway, so we're kind of tired. We sit, we grab a cookie, um, and then Lucifer just eats the frosting off the cookie. Geronimo doesn't have a clue what the hell's going on. And uh, Oh, but it was still like, I was like, do I want to sit two and a half hours in this thing? And I was like sitting there thinking, you know what? This is going to be one of those opportunities I'll never have the chance to do it again. This is the last time. 
So at uh, almost 42 years of age, uh, almost 40 years later, I got to see Santa. I did not get my picture taken with Santa. Uh, but I got to bring Lucifer and Geronimo with. And uh, and, and now we got pictures. Geronimo won't remember it, but we have pictures, and it's kind of like that. And Lucy had fun. Uh, now, what story makes you feel better? What, what would you rather spend your time? I'm not saying to be ignorant, stick your head in the mud. I understand that. What makes you feel better? Reading about another whiny, complainty, black, woe is me, it's all your fault because you're white, and society's out to get me. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm the president and CEO of Bro Capital, a million-dollar investor fund. You want to listen? How do you feel after reading that, that slop, that swill, or the story of taking Lucifer and Geronimo and going to see Santa, even though it was a two-and-a-half-hour away? What makes you feel better? I will say this, the constant cacophony, the endless, it, it, I was going to say seemingly endless, but it is endless, the endless sensationalism, the jaw-dropping, you can't actually believe this, the, the news stories coming from the social justice warriors, the 31 flavors of gender, um, and then perhaps what was newsworthy was not necessarily the social justice warriors complaining. But when the real world bent over backwards to do it for virtue signaling, like Target with the transgendered bathrooms, Starbucks waddling into politics, Pepsi CEO, don't tell me that that was Snopes. I know, I read the Snopes thing. She she started, she should have just shut up and not said, women and employees are worried about whether they're going to have jobs because Trump is it. That, that she should have, if she's a president and CEO of a you know, Fortune 500 company, she should know that one or employees are really stupid and that if you mention that, that makes her and the employees of Pepsi look like truly dumb leftist and racist against white male type of people. You may say, oh, that doesn't mean that, but the point is uh, that the social justice warrior complaints got manifested into the real world, that that, that was now... Uh, a reality. It, it went from not newsworthy to newsworthy because now it would affect us. But getting back to the point is this insanity, this never-ending supply of insanity, it does provide something for the right to use down the road. As it stands right now, it's nothing but Jerry Springer swill. It's nothing but Maury Povich. It's daytime television. Okay, It's tabloid news. That's all it is. It's worthless. But when it comes to election time, it's the classical, this is why Trump got elected. That's why we need it. That's why we need the Darius's whatever, I'm a whiny black guy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go cry on LinkedIn, even though I'm like capital of bro, capital CEO type millionaire dude. Uh, we need these people because it reminds the, and they're not popular, they're not on the internet because they're, they're just not sexy. It's, it doesn't provide the clicks, it doesn't bring in the, it doesn't bring in the bank. But blue-collar Democrats who may just care about their fellow man and care about the little guy, uh, but they also <gasps> work for a living, those guys, that's why Trump got elected, in part of many other reasons. So we need these social justice warriors. We need whiny, spoiled brat millennials. We need the sensationalism during election seasons, during election years. We don't need it in our personal lives. We don't need it in... Our social lives, we, we just don't need it in our lives. 
We need to use it as a tool. We need to forward it to our you know, lifelong Democrat buddy. I just think the Democrats are for the little people. And then you say, oh, really? Did you see they want to they take away your union job? And Did you see over there in the, in the Iron Range in Minnesota there, all you Democrats who vote religiously Democrat because they're for the little guy. Mark Dayton's for the little guy. Did you see all the environmentalism? Do you see what's happening with that pipeline in North Dakota? I got news for you. It's not the Republicans who are against it. They're tools. Let them be tools. And here's what's great. Every millennial in the world could listen to this. They're going to ignore it, and they're still going to spill their guts out on the Internet with their whiny leftist failed millennial diaries about how the world's so unfair and they're entitled. They're going to do it because they got nothing else to do. What else? I mean, really, what does a worthless person like that Darius guy do? What does he do? He has a degree in entrepreneurship, master's in entrepreneurship. You want to talk about stupid. If you didn't figure out getting your bachelor's in entrepreneurship that, that you don't need a degree, that's the whole concept of entrepreneurship, but then you go and get a master's in entrepreneurship, how stupid are you? Probably the perfect example that education does not equal intelligence. All right, let's do some... Oh, we got to do sponsors. I got to go. I got to visit Lucifer and Geronimo. They're celebrating Lucifer's birthday today because she is two years and 12 months old. Uh, Okay, uh, if you guys kindly would, go to my Amazon affiliate program. If you want to help out the old cabin but you don't want to donate money... Cynical libertarian, though I disagree with some of the race issues uh, he, he has a stance on. He did have a great quote. He says, what is it? Donate to me or your, or it's theft. Wait, donate to my podcast. He says, do the right thing and make a donation. Otherwise, you're stealing. He says, that's my Stephen Molyneux impersonation. But hey, you know what? You don't have to donate to the Clary podcast. You don't have to donate to me. There's no charity here, which I am philosophically against because I'm Captain Capitalism. I want to earn something from you so that you willingly give me money and then you get something in exchange. We're not talking warm fuzzies. Warm fuzzies are completely overrated. Well, I donated to Aaron Clary. No, no, no. I don't want you to donate. No charity. What I want you to do is just do all your online shopping through my Amazon affiliate program. So if you shop online through Amazon, all you have to do is go to my blog, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com first. Look for the little Amazon image or banner there. It's in the top right. Click on that. That takes you to Amazon's site, but there's a little bit of extra code there. So it says, hey, this came from Cappy. And then all the purchases that you make, I get a 7% cut of. And so I win, you win. You don't pay any more. Uh, but that way, you don't have to donate and... You you get the goods that you were going to buy. You're going to get the exact same thing's going to happen anyway. It's just I get 7% of the, of the purchasing price for a commission. So if you could get into the habit of doing all your online purchases through Amazon and my Amazon affiliate program, I'd appreciate it very much. If you also want to help out, I got plenty of books for you or any loved ones that might be of benefit. There's Reconnaissance Man. That is an absolute must for every, I'd say, 14 and 15-year-old kid or if you don't know where you are in life, a lot of people think it's younger, and that's just the nature of my books or any book. Wisdom works best when it's consumed at the youngest. If you're 68 and you're reading a book about retirement, it's kind of too late. That book has become largely theoretical and academic. All right, But it's, it's for anybody who doesn't know. If, here's what the book is for. If you don't know what you want to do in life, regardless of your age, get this book. That's what the book is for. 
okay? Then there's the black man's guide out of poverty that this Darius idiot just probably should consume. I don't know if he'd read it or understand it or take it in because he thinks he's so intelligent because he has a master's degree. Once again, I think it'd be like talking to a robot or a brick. Uh, but if you are smarter than someone to get a master's in entrepreneurship and you happen to be black and you happen to be poor and you want something that's practical, you don't want no lies, you're okay if your feelings get hurt, forget feelings, you just want the god dang truth, get the black man's guide out of poverty, available in paperback and Kindle so you can read it discreetly so your friends don't kick the ever-living crap out of you. Uh, then we have Batch of Pad Economics, that's for every man, regardless of age, that's the uh, Financial Advice Bible for Men. It starts from 14 all the way to death. It is an absolute must. All my books are absolute musts, uh, except for, what would it be? I think Black Man's Guide to Poverty. That's pretty specific to black guys. So, yeah, you know, yes, Hispanic gentlemen, you can read it too. It is. Or what about Hispanics? It's like, well, yeah, but you'd have to learn English first to read it. <laughs> oh, yes. Joke at expense of Hispanics, sir. Ho, ho. Yes. Well, I should write a book, the Hispanic version, uh, and then the first sentence would be in Spanish. First, go learn English, then come back and read book. That's <laughs> Anyway, so uh, we also have Worthless, uh, The Young Person's Indispensable Guide to Choosing the Right Major. That's a vital book for you again. Before you go off to college or before a loved one goes off to college or you have some idiot that's majoring in... What was it? I met somebody's niece who's majoring in fashion design or some stupid thing like that. No. Uh, but get that person that book. Uh, then we have Enjoy the Decline. New uh, new cover. The cover almost itself is worth buying because the cover is really good. And then a book for all of you, regardless of age or where you are in life. It has nothing to do with education uh, or, or career. It's Curse of the High IQ. If you are... Look, if you're down and depressed and you don't know why, and you seem like the world goes too slow around you, or you don't understand why people just don't get simple, basic things, right? You're having trouble finding someone, male or female, to date because they just seem so stupid and they watch stupid TV or the guys are watching the sports shows. Get this book. I don't know why this book isn't a bestseller. It should be. It's genius. Oh, that's right, because there's not that many highly intelligent people in the world. Aaron, why do you always target... To, look at this. The black man's got out of poverty. Black men only count for 6% of the population. High IQ people, by definition, you're talking only the top 3 or 4%. Maybe I ought to change my strategy. I'll just write filth. We're all winners and blowgasms for all of us. Yay. That's the next title of my book. The rich investment banker who fought for your heart against the rugged oil worker. And even though you're a fat chick. Yay! New York Times bestseller. Oh, and they were vampires, by the way. You always have to make them fail with eternal love. Who knew that would work? Who? Who? Only a woman could come up with that. Well, he'll be a vampire and he won't want to eat her. But that will show his love. And, and I'd just be like, yeah, okay, that's going to fly. That thing sold millions of books. TV shows made out of movies. Uh, then we have, uh, so those are all my books, all right? Uh, they're all available in paperback and Kindle. And then most of them, Reconnaissance Man, Bachelor Pad Economics, Worthless, and Curse of the High IQ, and Enjoy the Decline. Do I have five? Yeah, I got five of them out there. Those are all available in audiobook. Enjoy the Decline just came out in audible 48 hours ago. 
then we have other people's book, books. Frank Servi's Uncle Nick series. It's Uncle Nick and Burning the Midnight. He also has a third book called Where Pretty Lies Perish. Go ahead and get Frank Servi's book. You can find those available on Amazon. Run Guts Pull Cones. That's Run Guts Pull Cones. And Adam Pickett's other book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. All right, those are available both in uh, paperback and Kindle. I believe Pushing Rubber Downhill is available in audio. And visit our good Australian friend down under. Uh, not in person, although you might like that. Uh, but on the internet, you can find his blog and his podcast. Both go by the name of Pushing Rubber Downhill. Feminism by Janet Bloomfield, a.k.a. Judgy Bitch. You can find her at judgybitch.com. And The Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage by Alex Peck. Uh, a real man who actually walked the walk and talked the talk, not some 20-year-old millennial kid who fancies himself a pickup artist because he read some articles on the Rouge V Forum. We also have Day by Day Cartoon uh, from our friend Chris Muir. Go to daybydaycartoon.com to get your daily dose of political humor. And then uh, jrhuera.com, the Manosphere's only musician who's come out with the world's and first only uh, album about the red pill world. And uh, I use his song to open up. I'll be going on. I'll be going on the road, going down to Phoenix and Vegas for two months and Delmar. Uh, and so I will. His his music is on my laptop, so I'll be using his song to open up the podcast from there. And then I will be using the laptop camera to do, although I should bring, yeah, you know what? I better bring the camera, the other one. And then my, um, it, I just film a lot faster with, uh, with the video camera. Cause I can unplug it, upload it, film while it's uploading. Where's the camcorder? Yeah, I better bring that. That's going to save hours of time. I'll, see how I saved hours of time with that simple decision. All right. You're not saving hours of time reading whiny black millennial brat over on LinkedIn, are you? <laughs> time you're never going to get back, guys. Uh, Yancey DeVere, The Deadwood Hole. Look up Deadwood Hole. Yancey spelled Y-A-N-C-E-Y-D-E-V-E-R. V-E-E-R. Uh, he's a musician that I promised many years ago that I'd plug him, and I just never got around to it until I found a CD and then felt tons of shame and guilt. You could see him in person this upcoming summer over in Deadwood, South Dakota, You'll find he just plays at this bar. Um, I think he has a musical backup. He just plays guitar and sings. And um, he, he doesn't know who I am because he sees literally hundreds of thousands of people every year. Uh, but if you would, buy that man's uh, CD if you like country. He has pretty good country and folk song music. And then IOTWReport.com. IOwntheWorldReport.com. IOTWReport.com. He's doing it right. We're, we're transacting traffic. We're not exchanging dollars. We're helping each other out. He's going to help me out. I'm going to help him out. God bless America. Um, that's it. I think it's time for the news. Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? This really isn't news. Uh, <clears throat> I heard this on Garage Logic, and I had to. You could look that up in other podcasts I listened to. Chief Resilience Officer. <clears throat> This is going to be a quick one. I'm going to, I'm going to write a post about it later, but uh, the city of Minneapolis is going to hire a chief resilience officer. And this is the, uh, a movement on the wider part of municipalities and cities across the United States and Europe where they're hiring resilience officers. So here's the job description. Uh, request to establish a new appointed position in the city coordinator's office, chief resiliency officer. Description. 
Adopting findings that the proposed position meets the criteria in Section 201010 of the Minneapolis Code of Ordinances, City Council, uh, approving blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, let, we could skip that. Starting pay, $109,000. Now, you, you'd like to know what, what exactly does a, a chief resiliency uh, officer do? Uh, well, this and and now we have the answer right here. In 2013, the Rockefeller Foundation left this communist organization, launched its 100 Resilient Cities program, aimed at building the capacity of modern cities to respond to shocks, stresses, and catastrophic events, and bounce back quickly, and in stronger position. Wouldn't that just be emergency management? Don't we already have that covered? And if we don't, why don't you? Now, this is coming from the city. That I think two years ago, Minneapolis, this is why you don't live in Minneapolis, guys. Two years ago, I think it was at Penn Avenue, it was some neighborhood road that needed to be repaired. And the city says, well, we're going to tax people. We're going to implement a new tax on people along that road. So if you had a house on this road, you had to pay an extra tax. And Minneapolis people, I'm, I'm being deadly serious, people in Minneapolis are dumb. They're dumb. They can't wait to get raped up the ass. Uh, for taxes. They vote in leftist socialists and then they whine about their taxes going up. And they probably took it. But only a few people in Minneapolis and a lot of people outside of Minneapolis said, why were you paying taxes then? Where did the taxes go beforehand that you paid into the system, if not for roads and police? So you want to know where your money's going? It's going to $109,000 per year chief resiliency officer that isn't needed. Which, let me be very clear what this is, this is how the left enriches itself. This is how they reward vice. Look, I know right now all you leftists are getting wet out there. All you liberal arts majors are getting wet that you think you're going to get this job. That job is reserved for Betsy Hodges. That's the mayor of Minneapolis. It's reserved for Betsy Hodges' friends and cronies. It's like the walk ambassador. Okay, There was going to be there was a, 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 a walk program in Minneapolis. I'm not making this up, guys. Look it up. Because people aren't smart enough to not to walk. So they're going to have programs and they're going to have classes and seminars on how to walk in the Twin Cities with the different paths and bicycle paths and everything. And they hired a walk ambassador. So two things. One, this is why it costs more to live in the city. This is why you pay taxes out of your ass for leftist liberal crap holes. And these jobs... Do not, they're not reserved. You will not become... I know I know. Uh, Darius thought that he was going to go uh, with his master's in entrepreneurship and his social justice entrepreneurship skills. I know he thought that he would get one of these jobs. No. This is one job in about 10,000. It is reserved for the elite leftists. If you don't know Hillary Clinton, if you don't know Bill Clinton, if you're not personal friends of George Soros, you don't get these jobs. These jobs are reserved for connected leftists, and typically 50-plus years or older people. That's that's their pinnacle. That's their peak. Uh, continuing on, uh, the city of Minneapolis has been se- selected to participate in the program. It will receive three forms of support from the Rockefeller Foundation as follows. Membership in the 100 Resilient Cities Network. Financial support to, fire heat, to hire a chief resiliency, a resiliency officer. To lead the initiative. To raise awareness. To make a difference. No, I- Kidding. The CRO is expected to oversee the development of a resiliency strategy for the city. See, at least we're not paying taxes now, but how much you want to bet that once this job goes away or the funding goes away, they're going to raise the funds for it. Support to create a resiliency plan. I bet you, you know what? I have an idea. This sounds like coma money. 
Now it sounds more like coma money. Keep her off my ass money. I bet you some executives over at the Rockefeller Foundation have these nagging, aging, middle-aged wives with their freaking degrees in public administration and like, how do I get this nag out of my house? I know, Bill. Let's set up the 100 Resiliency Cities program and we'll ship our wives to Minneapolis and Kansas City and uh, Berkeley and all these other places and then we'll give them a job and then they can yammer and yap and make believe that they actually are doing something for society, and then we can bang our mistresses on the side while they're gone. It'll be great. Specific duties. Develop an enterprise-wide process for developing resiliency goals. Facilitate the implementation of the resiliency goals, policies, and strategic plans. Serve as the primary city representative to the 100 Resilient Cities Network. How much you want to bet? Say, okay, here's where, the, where your taxes are going to go up, Minneapolis idiots is this one person is not going to... This is a chief... This is an officer position. That means there's employees underneath. How much you want to bet it ain't just going to be 109000 How much you want to bet after you throw in health care, free tuition, all these other goodies that public sector people get, the salaries of five ex- of people that are going to work under this department that you're talking about, oh, maybe a million dollars that you don't need? Uh, assess and identify community needs, opportunities, and develop strategic initiatives. This is such an affirmative action job for incompetent people. Connected leftists. That's all it is. For connected leftists and incompetent people. That's who this is for. Assess 100 resilient cities platform and identify tools and resources of interest of the city of Minneapolis. Research, analyze, and identify funding resources to ensure the program's goals and objectives are met. I thought the Rockefeller Foundation was going to pay this. Create a comprehensive marketing, communication, and social media strategy to disseminate public information in order to increase visibility and resilient support. See, because it's not good enough that people willingly want to pay for this. you got to go and force it down society's throat, right? Develop joint marketing. It's all BS. It's all BS. It's all, I don't have to. I will link to this later on on the blog. And you guys can look at it. All right, last bit of sponsors. Asshole Consulting. Go to assholeconsulting.com if you need help. And uh, a lot of people do, especially those who don't know they need it. (laughs) I was talking to a couple of friends. uh, I'm coming up with this theory. I I have multiple friends, multiple people I know. I'm not trying to be arrogant and cocky. I'm just right where I, I see the obvious problems. I see the mistakes they're about to make. I'm like, will you please stop or consult me first? And they don't. I got another buddy, IT genius. This guy could make easily a quarter million a year and doing with less time than he's expending now. I'm like, look, for 500 bucks, I'll tell you what. Because I tried to explain it to him before as a friend. Friends don't listen. You, you, like, like women, you have to cause them pain for them to get to listen to you and like you. You have to beat your friends. It's sad. Being nice to people, friends are not, girlfriends are, it doesn't work. You have to beat people up. This is why I'm a misanthrope. I would have liked in the day when I was young, I would have liked to have just treat people nicely. And it hurt a lot when it wasn't in your soul or your heart to treat women poorly to get them to go on dates. Like standing women up on dates for the first date, say, oh yeah, something came up, I got to cancel. I didn't like doing that, but it worked. That was the games. Then you get to know people. Then you become an embittered old man like me. You're like, they deserve to have the crap kicked out of them. And now I, 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 I... I savor treating people like crap when it's for their own good. It's for your freaking own good. Beating up people, having them like you later. 
Don't ask me why, I just play by the rules. They're fools, they're tools, use them for your benefit. Um, so anyway, yeah, go to assholeconsulting.com. Hire me out. Just, I'd like to make it seem that consulting is like some high-level thing. It really isn't. It's just common sense. <clears throat> it's common sense. The real hurdle to getting society to move and advance at lightning speed is to get people to get over their emotions and their feelings and adapt into the real world, to adapt to the reality principle. And 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 I have lifelong employment now because that's never going away. People's feelings, we propagate pretty much all other sectors of the economy propagate people's feelings. And you throw in feminism and divorce and the millennial girls are just being raised to be tatted up sluts. Uh, not even sluts, but just psychos. I'm going to have... A, a, a limitless supply of clients coming in till I'm dead. It was like getting a pension. It's great. Uh, anyway, so you can go to assholeconsulting.com and send your friends there. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast and the blog and the YouTube, it's $100 a month. Chad Elkins, elkinscpa.com. All right, it's January 1st. I'm going to start doing my taxes, and that's the type of clients that Chad wants, people who are on top of their game and need someone to do their taxes. You get your paperwork into them. He does not want people that file extensions. He does not want people who are messes. Like, I haven't filed my taxes in five years. Oh, here. It, don't don't dare go up to Chad with your box of receipts and say, I don't know, figure it out. Uh, he has more important stuff to do than that. Better clients. He's a better CPA. Better than average CPA. And so he wants better than average clients. And if you're a better than average client and you have your act together, go to elkincpa.com and hire out our good friend, Chad Elkins. We have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. The World of Lori Zook, spelled Z-O-O-C-K. FinancialSurvivalNetwork.com. <clears throat> Canto Talk with Silvio Canto. BlowMeUpTom.com. The Cynical Libertarian Society. And the Black Brigade Debrief at BlackBrigade.org. All of those are different podcasts that you can listen to when you get sick and tired of listening to old Cappy here. We also have Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Go there if you're looking for a book to read. Also, Max is always advertising on that site. He has about 30,000 followers. And if you are an author and would like to advertise on that site, contact him, contact him by emailing him at max, M-A-X, at wooter, W-O-O-T-E-R, dot co, not dot com, dot co. Uh, the old captain is on gab.ai. He is also on minds.com. Go ahead and set yourself up an account there in case the googs and the ubes and the pubes and the twitters decide that your free speech ain't so free no more and they cancel your account. On top of that, yeah, gab.ai is just where the more intelligent adults go. It's the it's the Twitter for adults. So if you don't want uh, Jack Dorsey or Jim Dorsey or whoever Twitter CEO is nagging you and annoying you, uh, just, just go to gab.ai. There's a waiting list. Uh, and that's it. If you would kindly vote, subscribe, comment, share, like, do all your online shopping in the Amazon affiliate program. You got problems, go to asshole consulting. You need a book or know somebody that needs a book, have them go buy one of my books. And then also with all the talk of death this past week, for whatever macabre reason that was, gentlemen, check your nuts. Make sure you do not have testicular cancer. If you can't do that, have your girlfriend or wife do it. So report back men or ladies. Check your breasts. Make sure you don't have breast cancer. And if your boyfriend won't do it, you have to do it and go get a mammogram. And then also, gentlemen, have the finger shoved up your ass by the doctor once you hit 40 years of age. Make sure you ain't got the prostate cancer. Make sure you ain't got no polyps on your colon. Very important stuff. All right. 
You guys go share, spread the good word of asshole consultant, the old captain. We'll catch you guys later. Toodles.